Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 123. My name is Scroobius Pip. Thank you for tuning in. Um, this week, one, two, three, it's Ian Lee. A wonderful guest. Was delighted to have this one. Um, well, first of all, huge love for everyone's, uh, support of last week's podcast with Jeff Lloyd that went down appropriately wonderfully. It's a great, if you missed it, go back and, ch- and check it out even if you're not aware of of jeff lloyd it's uh it's a wonderful chat it was is wonderfully open i actually recorded it a few days before this week's one which again was another just amazing conversation it's weird because ian lee came up in conversation with jeff and jeff came up in conversation with ian um but yeah this is a great episode i hope you're going to enjoy it um things i should mention before and what have i been up to oh we had the last um oh we had the last are we are lizards of the year at the book club which is our london residency are we are lizards is my club night that i do with uh chris glasson of redshift rebels and stuart whiffin of redshift rebels and the drunk cast um it was the possibly the most rammed one of the year so thank you all for coming along and partying with us and yeah chris on his birthday did get suitably are wasted so i'm sure there'll be more stories of that down the line we also took uh the club night to milton Keynes at the weekend to mk2 and that was great had a lot of fun there in fact this coming friday friday the 11th of november uh we're taking the club night to bedford uh, a place called pad or pod pad i think so that is our last a wheel is his club night of the year so i'd really appreciate if as many of you as possible can come and party with us other things to mention on november 21st i'm releasing a new artist on the label i'm not going to tell you who it is yet i might tell you it is at the weekend i'll tell you in a minute we're going to do a special podcast at the weekend but um um there's a new artist and there's going to be a new video and we're going to be releasing a new album all of it just dropping on the on the 21st none of this the video's out now, the album's out next. On the on the 21st, you're going to find out who it is. You're going to be able to buy it. You're going to be able to watch it and listen to it. It's going to be amazing. Speaking of which, speakdevelopmentrecords.com, a great place to go to get Christmas stuff, I would suggest. Um, we've got jumpers there. We've got a Scroobius Pip woolly hats. And obviously, we've got all the music. We've got a whole, whole section of signed stuff now, so you can get my Edinburgh Fringe show on DVD signed all at speechdevelopmentrecords.com so head there and check that out i should tell you about a few of the podcasts that are to come right so at the weekend we're going to do a special bonus podcast because i'm very excited about uh, ufc 205 I, I i would argue it's the best card ever um so i'm excited about that so what we decided was uh, my mate Sam's coming down, who we've mentioned on the Drunk Cast numerous times. Um, he does all my training f- for me. He gives me my, my training program every day. Um, and he's a UFC fan, and he's coming down for that. So we're going to go and get drunk in Bedford before we are lizards on the Friday night. Then we're going to all crash at mine. Then on Saturday day, Chris is probably going to complete doom while the rest of us sleep and recover. Then in Saturday night, we're going to watch the Cage Warriors event on BT Sports. Then the biggest UFC ever in 205. And then sleep at about 6am. Then wake up at some point and record a little hungover round table. Or not even hungover, I don't drink during the UFCs, but a sleep-deprived 
205 round table and it'll be me chris and sam potentially Stu. if Stu's about he might come and join us but yeah that's the plan so you're gonna have a bonus one that we're gonna try and get up on a sunday in fact the person who edits these mr buddy peace is going to be, be listening to this i'm going to tell him now that if he's about on sunday <laughs> i might send him a round table as soon as i've recorded it and ask him to just do a quick a quick master on it and get it up as quickly as possible because ideally you, this could be all in all of your ears on sunday night um or you can listen to it on monday morning but yeah that's the plan for the podcast what else have i got next week we've got a Distraction Pieces Network roundtable where I'm going to be sitting down with the three other hosts of the shows on the Distraction Pieces Network. Susie Gage from the award-winning Say Why to Drugs, Jim Smallman from the amazing Tuesday Night Jaw, and Jason Reed from the fantastic Stop and Search. And we're just going to have a bit of a catch-up and talk about how the year's been. Obviously, all of them have launched this year and to insane success. You know, they've all been smashing the charts in their particular categories. And so I think Say Why to Drugs and Tuesday Night Jaw both got in at least the top five of their categories. And Stop and Search has had guests as huge as Robin Ince and Rufus Hound and some massive, massive people. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So I'm going to do that. And I might do an Ask Pip at some point. So I'll post that on, on facebook and the way they work is i get you all to just post questions and, the, and then i'll sit down and answer them i've got a lauren laverne lined up hopefully M- michaela cole lined up hopefully two of my favorite people in general so i'm very excited about them um and then i'm thinking that we might have to do a christmas special drunk cast but i'm thinking i might add some extra guests so there might be as 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 along with the regular me, Stu and Chris, um, two more or one or two more. In fact, while I'm here, I'll give a, sh- a, sh- a shout out now because if we're going to have more people, then there's not going to be room in the within. So what I need to find is a recording studio in London that will allow us in to stay late and bring our own booze and has an engineer. Because if there's four or five of us, I'd, I'd like an engineer to make sure we're not talking over each other too much or whatever else so so yeah give me a shout if you've got a studio that we could use as said we just need a studio set up of five or six mics you know around a desk or something if you're a voiceover studio any of these like oh wise buddha and is it wise buddha or purple buddha and all all places i like that are set up for for these type of things um and an engineer and just that will give us like three to five maybe six hours of chatting time and allow us to get absolutely hammered if we bring our own booze. So um be ideal if you had a fridge or some ice or something. But yeah, if you have any of that, hit me up on Twitter at Scroobius Pipio or Instagram at Scroobius Pipio or Facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip or email me Scroobius Pipio at hotmail.co.uk. Um yeah, if you can do us a deal, that'd be great. Obviously if you're someone who's regularly enjoyed the free podcast for 120 plus episodes then that would be a wicked favor back if not if we can just get a deal of some sort that'd be be wonderful because i don't i don't want to blow tons of money on it because it's just us getting drunk and talking nonsense but if yeah it'd be cool to set up 
I'm talking too much now, so I'm going to stop. That's what's ahead with the, the podcast. And what is ahead immediately is this amazing chat with Ian Lee, who I just adore. Um, we only started talking in the last f- few months, and I went on his show and we really hit it off. He was a big f- fan of the book, um, the Distraction Pieces podcast book, which is available in all good bookstores and at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. And it's currently um, offer of the month for the whole of November on Kindle on Amazon. So it's just 99p on Kindle for the Distraction Pieces book, which Ian Lee, I will tell you, is a fantastic read. Yeah, and we had a great chat. He was really so honest and open. It gets quite heavy at points. It gets emotional. Um, but yeah, he's a beautiful human and it was a beautiful chat. So enjoy episode 123 with Ian Lee. start recording as podcasters start do recording. it was interesting when i had jeff lloyd on yeah. on on last week because the first 10 20 minutes he was interviewing me yeah because that's that that's what he's, he's used to is 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 i really had to to fight and be conscious myself because again in a in at my fault i've kind of not done any press promoting me in in a yeah. couple of years now so having someone asking me questions was quite nice as well. And I was well, like, oh, oh, I've got a story I can tell. And I was like, oh, no, hang on, hang on. I'm the host. I need to, to rein myself I'm in. deliberately <laughs> fighting the urge to butt in because, you know, my yeah. natural thing is to do the interview. Now, luckily, yeah. we, I interviewed you a couple of weeks ago. Yes. So it's, it's kind of out of my system a little bit. Exactly. But, um, and we purposely c- c- gave a bit of a gap. Yeah. Because we discussed if we should do them both in one day, which is, is what me and Adam did. And it was great, but it was also quite intense yeah to go here's you're going to interview me and then straight after i'm going to interview you so it's and also i think with a couple of weeks i did that with adam as well he, yeah. he interviewed me then I, he came on my show the same night I, I, and i just thought it'd be nice to try it this way with a bit of a gap because it gives a bit of time for what we spoke about yeah. to percolate and different things to happen it'll be a different conversation i think it won't yeah. feel like but i hate talking Completely. about myself look at me look at me now hate it it's but it's 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 it, it's strange because um again it's it, it's weird i had jeff lloyd on 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 last week because it's 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 broadcasters it's, it's radio yeah. presenters and it's weird how many people who talk for a living aren't particularly comfortable talking if that makes sense it's a very yeah. specific situation like you i'm a fan of your tv stuff over the years i like you on social media but i feel where you're absolutely in a league of your own is when you're talking to people who have called in. Thank you. And it's, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's finding those specific things. I liken it to Sh- a, a Sean Locke, for example. I think his stand-up's amazing. I think um, a 15 Stories High is, is one of the best series yeah. ever. But him on a panel show is just his home. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like it's the perfect place for him. If I had a choice between watching his stand-up, a TV show, and a real, I'd just him on a panel yeah. show re- reacting to other people a, a witty and on the spot is perfect and it's, it's it's similar with you i find your callers and the relationship you have with you i should introduce i'm joined by oh, Ian Lee today <laughs> i should mention so that there was a slick I said there was a bit of a mystery there who am i talking to I'm, but um yeah you you interacting with your callers and your guests and it's been over numerous platforms over the years at yeah. different stations at different places and they kind of seem to 
come with you. Well, I think it was interesting. Like the place I'm at now, Talk Radio, I spent the, the last three or four years, I was at a BBC local radio station yeah, after yeah. I left Absolute. Uh, and then coming back to a national station on Talk Radio, what was really interesting was people from all the different radio stations I'd worked on kind of converged. So I had yeah. people that used to listen to me on XFM, people that listened to me on LBC, people from Absolute, people from the BBC. And they all kind of jumped onto this and thing and yeah. it was kind of nice. But it's funny you make – I think I'm at my best on the radio. I yeah. think on TV – I'm not being me. You, yeah. On TV, you've got to play a role, you know, whether it's presenting, a, you know, like a sort of magazine-y type program or, I mean, I don't really do much TV now, or, or being on Big Brother's thing with, with Rylan. Yeah. I'm being what the producer and the director want me to be. I'm yeah. playing that character, you know. And it's, it's slightly more out of your control as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll either have a, a person in your ear yeah. or, 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 or someone's a, a, a somewhere kind of pulling the strings. Yeah. And that can be it's a huge skill to to learn i i i i've done a, a load of different tv things and the one time i was the host and had someone in my ear i hated it yeah, I, it's, I, it's I couldn't awful. Get, i couldn't get my head around it. it i couldn't imagining us having a conversation now and you telling a story that i i'm engaged with and having someone saying right if we wrap this up and we'll move on to this yeah how horrid like it's yeah it's weird it's you it's, learned- it's that voice in your head but not the one you've spent years Getting used to you and kind of learn. I, 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 I've learned to sort of ignore it yeah. a bit, but you're right. But it's still shaping the interview. It would still yeah. be like, right, jump onto question three, and you're thinking, well, actually, no. What he's just, I want to pursue yeah. that point he's yeah. just made, and you can't it's because not up to you. TV is is you know, it's there's so many people that are in control. Whereas yeah. with the radio, at the moment, luckily, it's me and my producer, Kath. It's it's what I absolutely l- loved about, and I'm I'm a nerd for all these things. Where I've started acting recently, I love just if I'm not in a scene, I love just watching and learning and yeah. seeing how it all works. I find it all absolutely fascinating. And it was a similar with your show. I loved how talk. It's a big station. Yeah. There's a lot of big big shows. There's a lot of stuff going on there. I loved how the second you entered the studio, it felt like you were doing it from your bedroom yeah like you're rushing in and and you're plugging in your laptop so you can put stuff through your laptop you're you're putting your phone on the side so you can, can periscope get and the lights it's, down low it suddenly had a diy f- feel to a commercial radio which yeah. is a hard thing to do i'd imagine and was that a conscious choice or is that just like well this is how i work and this is how i'm at home it is um you mentioned jeff lloyd right when yeah. i used to work with him at absolute he used to do this thing where he would go in the studio and he would put up like pictures of the Beatles and Hawaiian yeah. Lays and all these things. And so he'd make the studio like his bedroom. And I remember thinking, what an absolute idiot. Why is he doing that for? <laughs> and I get it now. And I feel yeah. bad that I felt that because I get it now. I get that he's making home. it his environment. Yeah. He's, he, well, I don't think he does it now, but he, he was taking complete control of his environment and making it comfortable for him so he could be uh, yeah. his most relaxed. And that's kind of what I do. And I've always made a thing on the radio of not being slick yeah. and of all the, you know, pulling the curtain away and all the behind the scenes stuff. It's like uh, I'll have on air production meetings with, with the producer, you know, yeah. and we'll say, yeah, should yeah, we, yeah. What, what should we do next? Do you think we should do this? And some people hate that. And when I was at the BBC, they say, why are you doing that? Yeah. You should be, you know, it should all be prepped and planned. When I, I, I worked at BBC West Midlands yeah. and a new boss came in and she, you had the meeting as you do with the new boss, and she said, "Ian, your show scares me because it's so dangerous." <laughs> and I said, "Well, it's not. It's not. Yeah, 
I, I've got kids and I've got a mortgage, so I, I need this job, you know, yeah. so I'm not going to do anything to jeopardise this job. Yeah. And what she meant by that was, well, it was at two o'clock in the afternoon, the show, and at 10 minutes to two, I'd go down to the studio and she'd say, Ian, what's going to be on the show today? And I'd say, I'm not sure yet. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And that would terrify her. And it was literally... I'd go in and maybe I'd hear something on the news or maybe someone would say something to me. I came in or the first phone call would say, you'll never guess what happened to me on the bus today. Yeah. And then the show would kind of follow on yeah. from there. But I'm a big one of doing my mistakes in public. You know, yeah. if, if I mess up or if the computer stops working, I'll, well, let's bring the listener into it. Yeah. You know, let's make them part of yeah, it. Completely. And it's, it's the beauty of <laughs> as stupid as, as this sounds, you having many many years of life experience of being you yeah and, and, and living as you therefore you have confidence in this will work yeah something will come together i know what we can do i know that i'm sure the first time you did a show and it was was live on what on 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 xfm back in the day was it xfm you, you started off really well, on radio? You know, well i did i did about six months in a local radio station called FM 103 Horizon, today's nice. better music mix. And I was in in Black Thunder and I was driving this <laughs> wow. big black Jeep. Brilliant. And they would, the breakfast show would say, let's find out what Ian in Black Thunder is up to. And generally I was, you know, in some horrible place in Milton Keynes. Yeah. Getting threatened by some hard kids. Brilliant. That was what I was doing. But Perfect. XFM was kind of, XFM was the first. Here's a show. Here's a show with me, and it was after I got the 11 o'clock show, so yeah. yeah. And, and, and was that kind of planned out, or, or, or were you off the bat quite comfortable to go, let's see where it lands, it started throw off, it in the air? It started off planned out, but very quickly, I mean, I would rock, I don't drink now, but I would rock up drunk, you know, and yeah. it, quite quickly it became insane. It, and it was a mess, it, and it wasn't a good mess, you know. Yeah. I've listened back to a couple of the tapes, and there were some funny ideas in it, and I'm really lucky that, I mean, this was XFM when no one listened to it, you yeah, know, when it yeah. was like a genuinely brilliant station. Yeah. Um, it wasn't very good what I was doing on there. It was, right. it was, it was rubbish, you know, yeah. it was rubbish, but I was learning my craft. The next job, the next radio job I went to was LBC. And for the first three months, six months there, I was going in and everything was scripted and I yeah, planned everything out. Plan. And, it was, and, and my boss took me aside one day. He says, great what you're doing. You can do that. But instead of going through the papers one day, why don't you just go in and without any notes and talk about what happened to you in the week and see what happens? Yeah. And I was terrified, man. I thought, that's, that's a ridiculous idea. Yeah. But I did it. And it worked. And a little light went off in my head, you know. Oh, I get it. I don't need to go in and talk about whatever the newspaper story is. You yeah. know, I don't know what it would have been back in the day. It would still be the similar stuff, begging and migrants and all. I don't need yeah. to go in and cause an argument around that i can just go in and be me yeah yeah and people will respond to that and they might respond positively they might respond negatively but they'll respond to it and so it was kind of that was the seed of yeah it's where i am now it's the unique thing that you can offer yeah is 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 you yeah the fact is as great as lbc can be and as hideous as lbc can be yeah Everyone can go in there and do the same thing of here's the talking topics. Yeah. Let's discuss them. No, no one else can go in and talk about what exactly what Ian Lee did that day. Yeah. Oh, it'd be weird. It'd be a weird, <laughs> it'd be, it'd be a weird episode if someone else. But did. like tonight's show, I'll talk about this and yeah. I'll talk about being really nervous coming and meeting this yeah, and saying yeah. what a lovely man he was. And actually it was all right. And I came out and breathed a sigh of relief and it was fine, but it cost me 14 quid to park my car. And that will be, you know, that yeah. will be the kind of, the kind of vibe. And it doesn't always, 
work. Um, but again, where else do you get? Where else do you get to listen or see people failing? Yeah, you know, people don't yeah. fail. TV in particular, no one fails on TV anymore because everything goes through so many committees and um, executive producers and commissioning editors. It's really un- unlikely that something's yeah. going to fail on TV and Completely. radio. You know, it's it, it, people go on and they do their their shows, and you don't get people going. Well, that last half hour didn't work anyway. Let's, yeah. but you will. Yeah, on but, my no, show, I completely agree with with me and 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 Dan Lassac. Our, our mistakes on stage. I genuinely think were key to our career. Of course. Because the fact is, Dan was playing everything live, but with laptops and keyboards. So people struggle to get their head around that he's doing anything other than pressing play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was doing the most complicated. He's, he's being a full band, essentially. Yeah. But in their mind, he's not got a guitar. He's pressing So there's no real recorder, skill yeah. in it. So in reality, although he didn't make mistakes often, the times he did... It worked in our favour because it made yeah. people appreciate how much he's doing and how much he has to get exact – start that loop at that point then move on to this and be yeah. changing all this live and all that. It's like absolutely key. And again, my argument has always been, as as as, as you are on the show, if you're comfortable with mistakes, yeah. then there's nothing wrong with them at all. It's It's only damaging if you then – it breaks you, yeah. and you and it kills your flow and the rest of the show – dies a death because you're you're worrying about yeah. this one mistake you made if you're like that wasn't meant to happen then that's fine everyone can can relate it's how we learn you, from the mistakes you make the listener comfortable with it yeah because that's the, that's the worst thing i guess if you make a mistake and it makes the person who's listening uncomfortable for you yeah that can then ruin it unless it's the office but and then, even, to, then you're meant to but feel then uncomfortable. Even being uncomfortable is a reaction yeah you know so often when listening to the radio it's a passive experience you yeah. know uh, you mentioned LBC and I'm a big fan of LBC there are some brilliant people on there but actually yeah. a lot of it is very passive and it's kind of wallpaper yeah. in the background if a listener feels uncomfortable I'm not deliberately setting out to make them uncomfortable but yeah. actually that's they've had a reaction to something yeah. that I've said or, or or done and it makes it exciting yeah. I, again I remember a, a, a listening to your sh- a show in the past and at points thinking this phone call's going on far too long this yeah. isn't going anywhere and at times you'll prove me completely wrong yeah. and that gold will come out it'll be because you've persisted with that yeah. one person for so long that, that it'll, it'll, it'll then have that point of fruition and there'll be other times where you do have to th- throw in the towel yeah, 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 but, but, but that's kind of the beauty and excitement of it is you're engaged in that journey it's do you know what I mean? It's not a, I know there will be a payoff because yeah. it's scripted and because it's planned. Yeah. I know this will, it's like, I don't know if there'll be a payoff. Yeah. And that's what's exciting I've for kind of, involved. Because it's been phoning radio that I've primarily done for the last, uh, I don't know, 12 years. I've kind of developed a sixth sense and I, I will generally know, I'll know yeah. how far I can push someone. Yeah. I'm generally pretty good. I would say eight times out of 10 at knowing that someone's got something yeah. that they're not there's, telling there's, me there's, that there's is there, there that yeah. is worth going around a torturous route yeah. to get. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And we've had, exa- we had the, I mean, we've had examples when I was at the BBC, we had this guy phone up. It was, it was a phone in, I mean, it was, it was a phone in about should people with, with sexual history, crime history be yeah. allowed to work with, with kids. And this guy phoned up and he was a lorry driver and he wasn't saying something. Yeah. And I couldn't work out what he wasn't saying. And he was talking, he kept talking and talking and it went on for ages. Um, and eventually I kind of just thought, I'm going to dive in head first. I think I know where this is going. And I said, I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want. Have you been convicted for a sexual crime? 
And he what paused happened? and he went, yeah, yeah. I said, right. Was it against kids? And he went, yes, it was. I said, how long did you serve? He said, 12 years, but I was innocent. And then we went into this amazing conversation wow. about how he'd, he'd been convicted of, of a crime against kids and he basically lied to get out of prison. He told the probation board and the psychologists and all of this stuff yeah. what they wanted to hear right? so that he would be able to get out and, you know. But And he said some stuff that was really uncomfortable. And this was at 8.30 in the morning, blindly. Yeah, so wow. it, was, it was a tough old listen. And I kind of let him say it. And I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, what you've done is obviously hideous. Yeah. And then a load of people phoned up and said, well, you should have destroyed him. You should have torn him apart because of what he'd done. And I said, well, there's, there was no point. I've condemned what he's done. His yeah. behaviour is, you know, his reprehensible behaviour. But if I'd have gone straight in for the kill and said, you're disgusting, you're a pervert, you, he would have put the phone down and none of us would have learned anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We wouldn't have got, not in any way condoning what he did, not in any way, you know, supporting what he did. But his story was so fascinating. Yeah. And that was simply just by letting this guy talk. And, and that's great because it's the importance of of of, of, of hearing. Um, I mean, I think every story in reality has some kind of merit or worth, um, mm. even if it's uncomfortable to hear yeah. or listen to or go through. And it's easy. As, it, as you said there, the easy route there, obviously, is to say you're disgusting and then the conversation's yeah. over. But it's like, right, well, well that's not going to give anyone any greater no, understanding of no this or, or progress anything in any way. It's going to make him react in a certain way. It's going to make everyone else react in the same way. Yeah. We've learned no more. Yeah. I mean, w- when you tuned in that morning, you probably knew that sexual offences on kids is wrong. Yeah. That's not a new bit of... Inf- yeah. you know I mean, th- you're not learning anything new by someone saying... That's wrong, you know, and everyone going, "Yep, it's wrong." Whereas hearing a bit more, yeah, again, not to to win you over, no, and we but didn't to understand it, it you know, to was... understand the the mentality, yeah, the, this this horrific thing. There's, I heard an amazing quote on a a film recently, or oh, wasn't a film or on an advert? I can't think, but it just said that monsters don't get near little children; N- nice people do. Yeah. And great? again, it's horrifying because mm. it's it's absolutely true, mm. and that's why a thing like that is absolutely key. Because for us to just have in our head, oh, they're absolute monsters, it's like, well, sadly, that's not going to help anyone. The yeah. fact is, if you hear talk to this guy and find out, right, in some parts of life, he's a really nice dude. In some parts of life, he's a horrific dude. There's yeah. this, this, this. Here's where he's wrong. Yeah, and and as as said, absolutely. Are reprehensible and, and and not supported or condoned in any way, but it's understanding that as a full character rather than yeah. oh they're all monsters. It's like if they're all monsters, then you'd see them coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be easier to protect everyone if they were all these big scary evil people. It's understanding it deeper. So yeah, it is. And I, I had that. when I was a kid, I had some. <sighs> I always get told off for, for quantifying it and less than I had minor sexual abuse compared right. to a lot of other people. And it was it was with a scoutmaster, you know, and it was with right. someone who was on the face of it, you know, a jovial yeah. pillar of the community. Yeah. Or everybody trusted and this guy was great and funny. But behind the scenes there was all this, you know, and I got very, very lightly compared to a lot of other people. Yeah. But there's all this stuff going on and to hear someone like that talking 
Yeah. On the radio. Yeah. It intrigued me, you know, and yeah. it, it, it intrigued me and it kind of answered a lot of questions for me and stuff like that. Another thing I'm trying to do with the show now, and it's taken a long time to get there. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff I've done in the past has been mean. You know, right. the 11 o'clock show, which I'm very, very proud of, very proud of. A lot of it was really mean, mean spirited yeah. and, yeah, and sure. unpleasant. It was, it was particularly a time in TV where there was that, f- that freedom to kind of, to be a bit of a dick as long as everyone's laughing along. Yeah. It was, it was that attitude, which again, a lot of comedy I like. A lot of the best comedy is mean. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, there's a guy called, a Rob Alton, who's a stand-up and spoken word artist. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm putting out a CD of his stuff soon. Just, we literally decided last week. But the thing that I love about him is there's no meanness. Yeah. In, and, and, and that's hard to win me over with, as, mm. as sad as it is. Yeah. Someone who's set is just genuinely p- positive. It needs to be really fucking good. Mean to, is easy. To work. Mean, mean is, is easy. easy. And I get, uh, I and get... it's easy to enjoy as well. Oh, yeah, of let's, course. let's not put it only on the performance yeah, as, yeah. as an audience member. It's easy to enjoy someone go, uh, or taking the piss. That's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the base. It's the absolute base of comedy. Yeah. Pointing and laughing. And a lot of my acts for a long, long time has been that has been yeah. pointing and laughing. And, and I'm really proud of the 11 o'clock show, but. Th- there are bits now if I, t- I would cringe watching yeah. it because it was it was but again that wasn't me that yeah. was I was playing they wanted someone to be a poor man's Chris Morris you know to right. basically yeah, rip yeah, off yeah. the intonation do all that and so I did what I was told to do and yeah. not, you know I, taking away my part in it I enjoyed doing it I got paid very well and I loved doing it but um I was playing a character yeah. unfortunately I was playing a character that had the same name as me so yeah. people assumed it was me yeah. and for years after that I didn't know what I was or who I was in terms of being a performer. So I kept yeah. going for that voice because it was what had worked in the past. It's an intriguing game because it will, there will be elements of you in it. Yeah. And then when it's successful, there'll be a natural inclination for go, well, the bits that are successful are me as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you'll kind of want to become that slightly meaner person because, oh, everyone likes that, yeah. that meaner version of me. Yeah. I should maybe be that. Do you know what I mean? It's, I it's that weird be. blurred line of it is. Maybe this is me. Maybe this is how I'm meant to. This is what's really in me. I've carried it over in the radio for quite a bit as well. You know, and I'm a little bit ashamed of some of the stuff I've done on the radio. But what we're trying to do now with the talk radio show is 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 get, and I've been getting rid of that for a long time. But is yeah. is is to get rid. Of, there's hardly any meanness, and if there is, it's because I'm tired and being lazy, <laughs> and Kath will give me a boot up the arse and yeah, say yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. that again. It's to try and be celebratory. Yeah. You know, a lot of radio that sells, and you've got it with Katie Hopkins on LBC and Alex Jones in the States, who's, yeah. you know, pushing Trump yeah. forward, is, um, it's really nasty, more than mean, it's nasty. And it's yeah. all, it's racist, it's homophobic, it's mm-hmm. misogynistic, it's, um, uh, it's transphobic, it's all of these things. It's basically, it's, everybody else's fault that this the country is screwed or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's immigrants and it's it's but gays it's all the, of this stuff the beauty of that of of that type of programming um and again i genuinely think you can get everything you need to learn f- from it or f- or from wrestling the, ar- <laughs> the the argument in the wrestling business for a long time was the wrestling business will be most successful if a bad guy is the champ. Yeah. Because his fans will tune in to see him win and his enemies will tune in to, to see him lose. Yeah. And it's similar with that kind of thing. Yeah. Your Katie Hopkins or whoever will get a lot of her listenership or a lot of her media coverage from people who support her and believe in her. She'll at least double that 
with people who are, are, are ranting about her and saying how evil she is and horrible she is. Yeah. They're all tuning in in the same yeah, way. Yeah. They're all giving that same figure and same uh, trending on Twitter or, or whatever else we're gauging success by. So, yeah, that is the easy route to go. Of There's that, a great of, line of that from Howard Stern. He says, the people that love me listen to me for an hour. The people that hate me listen to me for two hours. And yeah, it's true, yeah, you know. Yeah, be, 100%. But, and I, I, I feel bad that I've mentioned her name now. Even though off, <laughs> off, I've, I've spoken to Katie Hopkins off, you know, before we went on air. And, of yeah. course... She's a lovely woman. Yeah. Just a shame that, that her act yeah. is is dangerous. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. actually dangerous and very, very nasty and yeah, unpleasant. Genuinely. Um, but it sells. It sells. It, it's easy to go on and do a show and look at the papers and go, right, all you people that voted remain, you're, you're whinging, you're talking down this country. It's your fault that the, the pound is, is crashing. Or, you know, it's, we've got too many immigrants and that's why your kid can't get into a school. Call yeah. me now. It's easy. It's wrong and it's mean. And so what we're trying to do on the show is celebrate stuff, is, is, yeah. is, 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 is not, certainly not go down that negative route of slagging everything off and just try and – it's really hard to describe, Pip, and maybe I'm overanalyzing it a bit. It, it, it's just embracing everything. And people, yeah. Anyone can phone in. Anyone can say – and if people want to phone in and talk about that stuff, we'll have a discussion, but we'll have a grown-up discussion. Yeah. We won't have a tabloid headline discussion and if you start quoting the headlines at me well then i want some facts to back up that stuff please you know completely and it it makes a sense it's it's similar to i i realized on it's always incredibly similar in fact i realized a few years back a good a few years back on social media when i did a post about some pop artist i i despise yeah i was hang on i've got a few followers I don't like that particular pop artist, but there's loads of artists I do like. Yeah. And and they could do with exposure. So why don't we talk about them instead? Rather than do a tweet slagging off Justin Bieber or whoever, and it wouldn't have been at that time because it was before. But rather than do a tweet slagging off Justin Bieber, let's talk about how great Rob Alton, as I just mentioned, is, or Kate Tempest or or whomever else. Surely that's a better way to use your your airtime as such and and energy. And I'm not perfect, and I still get it wrong, and there'll be people now listening to this will then send me, you know, tweets that I've done recently where I've been mean. Yeah, and I'll admit I'm not – perfect yeah. i'm learning you know yeah, i'm a work yeah. in progress i think and i'm 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 getting there and i think and i sometimes wobble on this path because no one else seems to be doing it uh, on radio i'm talking specifically yeah. on radio um and i sometimes think is this the right thing to be doing am i going the right way you know i could be making a heck of a lot more money by going doing the other stuff yeah. but um i think i'm onto something i what i like about where things seem to have landed for you at this point is it seems both you and the people you're working for have realized that just doing you is yeah. what's is what's needed it feels that um at any other station you've probably either you've felt the need to adapt slightly to be what they need yeah, or yeah of course with the bbc for example i'm sure there'll be certain restrictions and yeah. certain and and certain things put in there that you have to adapt whereas it seems and it's 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 key there that you said it feels like your your show at the moment has got people who used to listen to you on absolute who used to listen there who used yeah. to listen there. It, it feels like it's because it's the show where you've finally just gone right. No, not in any disrespectful way to talk. It doesn't matter where the show is. Yeah, it's it's what the show is. Yeah, that's that's the key part. That's they've brought you in for you rather than we've got a slot to fill. Can you be yeah this kind of Ian Lee? 
Yeah, I'm really lucky you know? they're letting me. And I, I don't think it will last forever. You know, these things never last forever. Yeah, we've, got, sure. we've got new bosses. We've been taken over and all of that stuff. So, of course, I'm, I'm fretting every day about, oh, shit, is this going to be the last show yeah, yeah. that I do? You know, they're gonna, not going to – all it takes is for a new boss to come in and go, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get what you're doing because it doesn't sound like a normal radio show. But um, for the moment, it's the best show I've ever done, yeah, hands down. Yeah. And it's the team around me with Catherine producing and Ed on who does tech hopping and stuff – um, they get it, and it's kind of it's that supportive environment yeah. where they'll let me go off on a tangent, and if Kath tells me to rein it in, I'll trust her opinion because she's she's I, spot on. I loved watching the slick relationship between you and Kath because there was points where, again, in general, like, like having worked in radio a bit myself, or at least as well been on a lot of shows, you'll know when a segment's ending, there'll be little nods and this. Whereas with you, it seems you'll. F- You'll finish a sentence and lean back, and the sting will be coming in. Yeah, and all yeah, this, yeah. It's, it's such a fluid and, yeah. and natural. There's not a, and we're going to advert now. It'll be, you know, when you're going to yeah. end, and you know each other so well that she knows, oh, that's, he's about to end this onto the advert. I've been so onto lucky. This, onto this break. I've so had it's great. Three producers in my career. I've had loads of producers that we just didn't get on with, and it yeah. was it was tough. But I've had three producers that uh, uh, each of the main stations: Agent Chris at LBC, Eloise at Absolute, and now and Kath at the BBC and here. Yeah, where very very quickly we've built built up a kind of almost psychic yeah. connection yeah. Yeah. where we, yeah. we just get each other. And I think that's I think it's unlucky. It's it's lucky to find one person like that in your career, but for yeah. me to have found three people, Kath, I mean, Kath is brilliant. Um, we're just totally in tune. Yeah. And we may disagree about stuff, but then we'll go, well, sometimes we'll disagree on, well, we certainly disagree about some of the stuff I say. And Kath will challenge yeah. me on air and say, yeah. well, that, why are you saying that? That's rubbish, you know, and we'll have a, an argument about it yeah. on air. But all the egos are kind of left outside, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 there'll be no, well, I'm not talking to you for the next three days yeah. until yeah, you're yeah, yeah, None yeah. of that. We, we'll, just, let's we'll deal do with it. it. Let's deal with it. it. Um, we, I, I, I touched, um, I, I said the words BBC then, yes. and we both kind of um, wriggled a little. Can, <laughs> can we discuss the, the BBC, and, discuss your, the BBC. And, and, and your departure? We can discuss it. Because I know there was a certain period where things maybe couldn't be dis- – or I, yeah, I wasn't sure what could be discussed. Yeah. I know that as soon as, 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 as you parted – a ways i think i tweeted you about something and someone said you should should get ian on because all this has just happened and i felt right that's why i don't want him on today i don't want him to feel he has to go on about this i don't want him to go on record when it's so raw and so fresh i'd rather we talk in a few months or in a year or in in whatever else and then we can go right so what happened there but (laughs) do you want to kind of explain because you had a guest on and you in my opinion quite rightly lambasted them for um, supporting the views of, of, was it a priest that had spoken homophobic? It was, and- it was a, a, a lay preacher who was working in a prison for sex offenders yeah. as a gardener. And he had done some preaching outside of his role as gardener. And um, bearing in mind, these, were, you know, these people committed sexual crimes. Yeah. Um, they were also, for the majority, kind of vulnerable young men. Okay, yeah. again, I'm not in any way justifying what they did. They no, committed crimes, sure. and they yeah. were in the right place for that, possibly. But they, you know, they were in prison for those crimes. Um, but also, there would be an element of confusion around sex for these yeah. gentlemen as to yeah. what was appropriate, what was inappropriate. Yeah, completely. And this 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 guy preached about um, that it's a sin to be gay and, and you'll go to hell and, and stuff like right. that. 
And he'd been suspended from his job as a gardener and he was taking it to a works tribunal and he was being defended by – I'm not sure if he was being defended by, but he was certainly linked with a group called Christian Concern yeah. who are quite an extreme right-wing Christian group. They want to right. ban abortion. They want to – I think they certainly want to – if they don't want to criminalise homosexuality, they certainly want to get rid of gay marriage right. and they don't want uh, homosexuality to be taught in schools. Yeah. And we were speaking to someone from that organisation, uh, a woman, and um, – she was just saying that he'd done nothing wrong, that in the eyes of God, being gay was a sin. She came up with the line, Ian, I don't hate gays. I love them. That's why I want to save them from eternal damnation. You know, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. And I lost my rag because um, I know gay people, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I also know that we have a lot of young people, male and female, listening to the show. My audience, you know, generally attracts a lot of 14, 15, 16-year-olds who may be unsure as to what they are, you know, 100%, yeah. might not know, you know, which way they're going to go. And they might also have a religious belief. I don't know. And I just found what she was saying was so offensive yeah. and so wrong. Again, I'm really uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I lost my temper with her and um, I challenged her, but, I lost my temper with her right. and I got yeah. angry with her and I um uh I lost my temper with her and then we had the priest on and and it I lost my temper and I was really upset by what they were saying there was one line the BBC sent me the transcript of it <laughs> yeah to, to so that I could see what I did wrong and there was one thing I said that I regretted and as soon yeah. as I said it I apologized and I said to the guy oh um something along the lines of oh that's a He'd said something homophobic, and I said, "Oh, that's you're 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 just like all Christians. That's a terrible thing to say." As soon as I said that, yeah, sure, I backed down. I said, "I apologise. I don't mean what I just said. Yeah. I, I, I retract that last statement because that yeah. was inappropriate. It wasn't an anti-Christian rant. Yeah. It wasn't in any way anti-religious at all. Yeah. At all, at all, as some people tried to turn it into. Um, it was anti-bigotry. Yeah. Um, the rest of it, I, I stand by, but I did lose my temper. And that, well, that's it. It's, it's a a tough one there to 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 gauge because again it's clear that you spoke appropriately on what you believe but if you feel as a broadcaster you lost control yeah. in some way then i can understand that kind I'm of shaking, I, thinking I, about I see that uh, yeah i see the the negativity but there. there's i mean there is stuff i'm not allowed to say yeah. about you know the ins and outs and the and, and and the actual ramifications of when i left but suffice to say um that show happened on a Thursday. That show happened on a Thursday. Yeah, Christian Concern then had a, a, a button on their website saying, um, "Once again, BBC attacking Christianity. Click this button to complain to the um, director oh, wow. general." So yeah. they had a link straight to Tony Hall's email. Yeah, um, and they got something like a hundred, hundred and fifty complaints, which isn't a lot in the great scheme of no. things. I got told the next week if you go on air and do an apology, this will go away. Right. So they sent me an apology to read. I said, I'm not reading that. I'll write an apology, which will be something I stand by. And yeah. so the apology was um, not in any way anti-Christian. And if anyone was offended by the tone of what I said, because um, they wanted me to backtrack on everything. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I'm not going to do that. So I read that on the Thursday of the week after, did Friday's show, then got a phone call Friday afternoon saying, don't come back. Wow. 
saying we, it had gone to the BBC Trust and the BBC it was either the BBC Trust or Tony Hall I'm not sure which mm. but um, one of them had said well we don't want him working for us yeah. we can't have that behaviour anymore yeah and then, then six- it's tough man because it's I think the BBC is one of the, the greatest things that we have as a country oh I, I think agree it's yeah absolute treasure but the reason I would struggle to do a show or anything with the BBC is exactly that kind of fear of not being able to express any kind of opinion, really. Because yeah. the fact is you've defended people speaking against homosexuality. I don't know how that's... I don't, I I don't know how that's... It shouldn't matter who those people are. The thing that mattered was these. this was a Christian group, therefore you've offended a religion... But, I don't care who they are. You should be able to express your view that I don't agree that homosexuality is a is a crime, and 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 that's the thing that always concerns and annoys me about the BBC is that, and again, it's 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 that hang it's those handcuffs, isn't it? Because the beauty of the BBC is that they will be representative or can be representative of anything and everything. It's yeah. not just well, we need to have our listeners or whatever else. It's why. A, a six music can exist because it can have shows that are there purely on artistic yeah, merit yeah. rather than well that will bring the numbers in um so it's 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 i guess in a way it's partly that as well because it's saying right well we need to also re- is it saying we need to represent those who think homosexuality <laughs> well, is thing, a sin i guess it is it if it, took me, it'd be different if it was just saying that yeah. it's wrong or disgusting or whatever else but 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 when it's bringing it to a religion, if it's saying it's a sin, yeah. then they have to, in some way, defend or represent that side of the of the belief well, system. We also we had a lesbian priest on, we had a a, a, a a male heterosexual priest on who said, "Well, the Bible doesn't talk about being gay." Yeah. And it took me six months for the BBC Trust to write a report because I didn't know what I did not know what I what I'd lost my job for. In, yeah. in six months, they wrote a report and saying it's because I was imp- I wasn't impartial. Right, right, and that was it. Yeah, and that was it. And I'll be honest, because I was so proud, Pip. I love the BBC now. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's flawed, and I can see the, some of the flaws, but I think it's brilliant for all the reasons you say. Completely. And I was so proud having my BBC fob, you know, having that fob yeah, and working yeah. for the BBC. My dad used to work for the BBC. Yeah. And I, just to, to be part of that organisation was such an honour. And to then be treated so badly, not get an explanation for any of it. Yeah. Yeah, it crushed me, man. It fucking yeah. crushed me. It's horrible, and uh, I was in pieces. In a way, it's good to get that explanation in the end because it's something that's it's worth being sacked for. In in, in my opinion, of yeah. so you've you've essentially b- b- been sacked for, for having a strong opinion on something. I feel I feel you're, you're 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 well within your right to have a strong opinion. You've not been impartial on something that. It's not that bad to not be impartial. <laughs> no, I know. And I, I, here's the thing, right? I had loads of people saying, you were so brave for saying that. If I'd have known I was going to lose my job, I would have played it differently. Yeah. I yeah, really sure. would have done. And that yeah. might be cowardly me saying that. I mean, I still would have would have challenged her, yeah. but I would have done it differently. Because it, it destroyed me, Pip. Um, it almost ruined my reputation. In a perverse way, it's kind of worked the other way now. Yeah. But I had a breakdown. I had – I was – I was in pieces. Yeah. I was in pieces for months. I couldn't get out of bed. I was crying all the time. When I, when I got the news, I was in the car with my, my youngest kid, who was three at the time. And I pulled over because I had a phone call from my agent and I knew stuff was brewing. Yeah. Didn't know that was brewing. 
And he told me, and I just burst into tears. Oh, wow. Just burst into tears. My kids going, "What are you crying for, Daddy?" I said, oh, "No, it's all right. I'm just I'm a little bit upset. It's fine." I, it, it, I was fucked, man. It's horrible because it's it was it was it's a very public um, a th- thing to to play out, but it's also a very personal thing. Yeah. It's, it's it's specifically when what you do publicly is is be you and express your views and opinions if that is then what gets you sacked or gets you in a situation where and not to to stress you out now but gets you in a situation where you've 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 suddenly you've lost an essential part of providing for your family for those you you love for yourself of of doing your artistic work and, and and creation and that's been pulled away yeah i can i can completely understand how that's a a crushing thing and weirdly you're going to be getting a lot of people a lot of support from people online and whatever else but that doesn't that doesn't it's, do it's weird it's the fictional yeah. world still the the as, as real as it is the radio is work twitter is work and then there's the real world yeah 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 outside oh, of twi- it the thing about twitter is my mum doesn't know what's going on, on twitter so it's not yeah. real yeah and i had so much support and i had you know really big names tweeting me support and, yeah. and getting in touch and offering to help and all of this stuff and it was great but I, I, I wished everyone would just go away yeah i've never been in this i've only ever had i think maybe three stories about me in the paper in the last 15 years yeah because i'd lived quite a private life yeah and i don't really play that game and this became you know for me it was a big i was in the middle of this kind of hurricane i yeah. didn't want it i didn't want it mm. i wanted everyone to just go away yeah. and leave me in peace and it went on and on and on for months and i couldn't talk about it I, you know legally i wasn't allowed to talk about it yeah. so there'll be some people from within the bbc were challenging me saying you didn't lose your job because of that interview but then why why are you milking this why what yeah. really happened yeah. and i'm thinking you don't fucking have a clue yeah and I can't defend myself because my hands are legally myself, tied. You know, yeah. I, I, and um, Pitt, man, it was it was dark. Yeah, it was dark. Yeah. You know, it was really so, unpleasant. I mean, in in which case, what was your kind of route out of that? Because obviously, you have come out of that into potentially the best show, yeah. the best home f- for your show. So. Obviously, we can, if you want, talk more more about that dark period. But the fact is that dark period was overcome and has been, you know, obviously everyone, whenever there's a huge thing like that in your life, to say it's overcome is often to downplay it or to lie to yourself a little. There's, there's, There's loads of things I've had in my life that don't have me unable to leave my house anymore. But I wouldn't say they're overcome as such. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're still they're still, still part of me. Yeah. They're still in there. But the fact is, you, you you've overcome them to the extent that you've got your career com- completely back on track yeah. and, and 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 working. So, what was kind of the process there? I guess I'm trying to ask. Do you know? I don't. It, it's funny. Isn't it? I, it's hard to remember. Yeah. Going through painful periods. Yeah. I can remember it. I remember it being very dark. You know, literally and, me- and metaphorically. Um, and being very, very lonely, there was a lot of crying. There was, um, I think I went back on antidepressants. Was I, I either went back on them or I upped them a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Something, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that I, I needed a chemical yeah. helping hand to get me through, um, 
yeah. through that. There was a lot of time uh, just just in bed, yeah, crying and yeah. just just not being able to move out of bed. You know, just the whole just point. I would get up. You know, the kids would come in, and I just just uh, daddy's not feeling very well. You know, go go downstairs and play. Yeah. Um, it's 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 such a weird one in times I like that because they can seem to drag on forever. It, it's strange to liken it, but um, again, I've been through times in my life where I've 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 felt a, a very down. I don't. It's a weird one for me. I don't know if I've ever been depressed because I feel that depressed to me feels that there should be something inexplicable there. Yeah. The times I've been down, it's because something <clears throat> shit's happened. Without a reason. So it's kind of like, in, in, in my mind, it's like, right, well, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't feel, I think at points we put too much on, there's something wrong with you if you're sad. Yeah. That's not the case. Everyone's sad at many times. It doesn't mean you're a broken person. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, 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 when I was on your sh- a show, it was was lovely to see the amount of people tweeting and reacting to our, our discussions on mental health. Yeah, it was equally lovely and saddening at the same time because I don't think we did anything no unusual or that should be unusual. We had a conversation yeah. as men and talked about oh. A weakness at points and struggling at points and that should be a normal thing do you know what i mean it's was, it was bu- it beautiful to see the reaction but yeah. it saddened me a bit that such what should be such a regular just conversation yeah. got a huge reaction of it's so brave it's to, getting there yeah yeah better than it was 10 years ago yeah I, you know and I, it gives me such optimism to think of my boys when they're you know yeah. 20 years time that this is where we are now imagine where we're going to be in yeah. 20 years time you yeah. know oh 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 the example I was, I was going to use and it's a, a weird one but Three or four years ago, I had had tonsillitis, and I didn't know what that was like. It's the most – you've just feverish. You can't think straight or anything. And the thing I told myself in that moment was the one advantage of this, as horrible as it is now, the one advantage of this, of when it's gone, I won't really remember any of this period. Do you know what I mean? It's horrible now, but but once it's gone, I won't remember. And it was exactly that. I had a week in bed feeling awful. At the end of that week, I was like – I can't remember what I've done this. Like, I can't remember if I watched some TV, if yeah. I read, if I, you know, I honestly can't remember. And it's a similar thing at points with those, um, those heightened dark periods. Yeah. And it's easy to be able to say, Oh, when you come out the other side, you'll feel a lot better. That doesn't make it any easier no, at the doesn't. time, but it is a reality as you're kind of speaking here of it. It's not that, that long ago. And yeah. again, I've, I, I had similar, I had a, at one point I had a relationship end and there was this whole year and a half period where I was kind of down for a, a bit. But I look back and I'm sure there were points I was absolutely fine because there must have been because I functioned and I did stuff. But but I honestly can't tell you how that year and a half yeah. – like I can tell you the work stuff. Yeah. But I can't tell you w- 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 what I did for that, that year and a half. I know I spent some time in bed. I know I – but it's so inspecific and hard to, to gauge. But – for me, that's a positive message in a yeah. way because you say, "Look, well, it's the biggest thing in the world now. At some point, it will be kind of a blur. It'll be kind of an unfocused. That was a bad period, as I'm such. Do you know what I mean? Generally, well enough in terms of kind of my recovery, yeah. you know, around all this stuff. That even at my lowest, I know that there'll be light at the end of the tunnel. You yeah. know, I, yeah. and it sounds contr- try, and I don't mean it to, but I. I, I I generally 
when I even when I'm at my very very lowest, I know that I've been better before, so the odds are I'm going to be better again. It's, it's, it's the the benefit of ex- experience it in is, that way, isn't and it's it? getting older with it. I but, think I think that trying to tell someone who's down that there's people in the world going through worse situations oh, is pointless and yeah, useless. Yeah, yeah. But being able to tell that person, I know that you've been through worse situations. Yeah. I think that can help because that's it's a more relatable thing. If, if if I can say to that person, this is fucking horrible right now, but I know that f- ten years ago, yeah, y- you went through way worse and you got out the other side of it and became this amazing human. But that Do you know what I mean? Still, that can still fall on deaf ears. I've yeah, had people yeah, say that, and and you know, it, it, it depression is a, it's a weird fucking illness, man, because. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's been stuff going on in my life with the losing the job and stuff. Yeah. And as recently as, as, a, as a couple of weeks ago, I felt like killing myself. Now, yeah. when I say that. Was that just after I'd been on your show? I mean, I didn't mean to, <laughs> geez, I didn't. <laughs> it was that. I mean, God. Um, you know, I wasn't going to. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to put into words after the event, but I, I, I was in so much pain, you know, mm. whatever that is, that it seemed like a realistic option. It yeah. seemed like, right, I've got a few options here. One is to get up and go out and get something to eat. One is to, to go in bed. One is to, to see if I can fix a bit of rope around that light fitting and if it all mm-hmm. will hold my weight. One, and, you know, it's, it seemed like a yeah. genuine, the list of options, it seemed like a realistic one. Um, and, and a, a really good way of ending that, that pain. And, and, and if you've not had depression, it's just like, it's, it's physical, man. It's, you, you, it, I, I, when I get it, I can only speak for me. When I get it, it, it's this weight is literally pushing me down, pushing yeah. me on the bed. It's like these hands are pushing me on the bed and I can't fucking get up. I can't get up and I can't think you know, about tomorrow. And I can't think about, I've got some brilliant things in my life, my yeah. kids and my job. And and I can't think about them. All I can think about is just how black yeah. the inside of my head and my soul is. Yeah. And um, I've, I've, I've found tools now that, that can kind of just relieve that pressure. I phone yeah. the Samaritans from time to time yeah. and it's just, they don't fix anything. They don't cure anything, but I can phone up the Samaritans and I can be anyone I want. And I can tell them I feel like killing myself. And just by saying that to a stranger and then crying on the phone for 40 minutes, mm. just lifts it enough that I can maybe get into bed and go to sleep. You know, it just lifts it enough. It's... I was on Adam Buxton's podcast and it, I don't know him very well. We worked together years ago, but I don't yeah. know him very well. And he's the nicest bloke in the he's world. Lovely. He's lovely. He's just delightful. And off, maybe he said it in the podcast or off, I don't know, but he said, look, if you ever feel like that, give me a call. Yeah. I said, Adam, that's really kind, mate, but I don't know you well enough and I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to do that. He said, well, it's a genuine offer. Yeah. And about three months ago, I hit the Adam Buxton button. <laughs> Amazing. I went, fuck it. I've got, I, I was, I was lost. I was in my car. I was in pieces. I had to go and do the radio show. I was sobbing. I was just, you know, I thought, fucking hell, how can I go and sit on a radio show for three hours? And I sent Adam a text. I couldn't phone him up, but I sent him a text saying, Adam, I'm, you know, you said I could get in touch. Well, I'm, I'm getting in touch now because I feel shit. And he tried to phone me a couple of times and I, I couldn't take his phone because I didn't want to talk to him. But, 
he left he left a couple of really nice messages. Amazing. He phoned up a couple of mutual friends that I've got saying I've just had this call from me and I'm a little bit worried. Would you mind just? Yeah. He didn't break any confidences or yeah, anything. Yeah, sure. Um, what I'm saying is, if you're feeling depressed, guys, get Adam Buxton's phone number. Yeah, yeah. Phone that fucker up. I've got He'll it now. You, out. you can contact him on <laughs> 078. <seven, eight. laughs> He'll fix you. He'll fix you. So no, that's beautiful, though. And, it, and, and and again, it is that 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 reality. Um, and it it was on the podcast. He's, was he's, on the podcast? He said that, right. and I recommend everyone a listen to that. It's it's beautiful. Me, Adam, and and, and Richard Herring have got this weird. A relationship of being the trifecta of we've, of we've all been on each other's podcasts and yeah, we have a lot of crossover guests. But unlike when I worked at XFM and Radio One and all that, and you can't mention the rivals, it's not the case. Oh in no, podcasts. that's the, that's the beauty. Is, is I recommend less, that. Um, knob gags than Richard Herring. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, be honest. marginally um, on air. Um, but yeah, it's, the beauty of 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 that situation is exactly. Uh, uh, what you said there, I think, um, and without even realising potentially, is I don't know you well enough, Adam. That's why Adam is perfect yeah, in that situation. Yeah. It's why the Samaritans are yeah, perfect yeah. in that situation because it's it's that slight – there's a bit of relief of it's not – as horrible as this sounds, I'm not going to have to bump into you yeah. tomorrow when I'm out of this. Yeah. R- right now I'm in this. At some point I'll be out of this and I don't want to have to – I want to deal with it now and I want to express now, but I maybe don't want to be reminded yeah. immediately. Do you know what I mean? It may yeah. come back, but I don't want to be reminded immediately. And that's the beauty of, of, of the Samaritans and all these things. And it, it disturbs me hugely that we have this illusion. Um, and I think it's, it, it's something that's promoted as well. Accidentally at points, um, I've got a friend who's one of the most amazing humans I know and is a single mum and does absolutely, yeah, just absolutely inspiring. I can't even imagine yeah. the stuff that a single mum has to go through. But there's been points I've had to say, you know, all that str- strong, independent, uh, uh, a woman stuff, like, like that's wicked. Yeah. But it's also okay to have help and it's yeah. also okay to struggle. And again, it's, it's, it's the same for men as well. I think they're positive notions to promote a strength and, a, and all this kind of thing. But we humans weren't. Built to deal with this mad, fucked up world on our own. Yeah, like we 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 literally weren't. It's why you go back all through history, and there were sh- shaman and elders. Like sh- a, sh- a, sh- a shaman, that was someone you'd go and ask to to predict your future, or whatever else. That's that's therapy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to someone to because you're worried about your future and where your life is going, and talking to someone about it to make you feel better, and yeah. then say, well, admittedly, they might. I th- throw some ch- chicken bones on the floor or something into it, but you can probably get that for a fee in London these days with a psychiatrist as well. Yeah. But we were built to have these societies where we engage with elders, engage with people with more experience, and we've slowly gone away from that. We've built a world where we're more connected than ever in the history of yeah. humans, yet we use it to remain more disconnected than ever we can go online and contact <coughs> someone in any country in the world i go through the podcast and see i scroll down to the the countries i have have one listen isn't it funny and one yeah, download yeah. and it's places i've never heard of and yeah. there's one and they might not have listened and it might be some weird anomaly in the download thing but there's one like you can reach all over the world yet again we do kind of go if i'm feeling down and i do it myself and it's a tough one because i preach this all the time to talk 
to talk to people. But it was interesting when I had Gail Porter on because we both admitted as well there are points that it's all right to be on your own. Yeah. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I guess it's just such a – depression and going through tough times is such a personal and unique and individual thing. At points, I'm sure you don't want to hear from anyone. Yeah, you want course, to be, yeah. be locked on your own and that's that. But at points, everyone needs an Adam Buxton. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think is the key. But also, it's tough as well for the partners and the children and the yeah. family of people who've got depression. You yeah, know, and I don't, I, I, and it's, it's, it, I think it's important to say that because a lot of the focus is on the person who's depressed. Yeah. But the people that are around them are also affected in yeah. as much as the depressed person might have bad moods or it might seem like they're being, being you know well, the fact that they're isolating and the people around them don't know how to react oh, and how to interact with that and, and i think we need to talk you know people need to discuss how and how it's also it's all right if you're the wife or the husband of someone's depressed for your own protection you're kind of allowed to sort of walk away from that a bit yeah. and then get divorced but i mean you're allowed to go out for the day or yeah. you're allowed to, yeah. to do your own life to protect yourself completely completely we'll put a lot of focus on helping the person who's depressed but yeah Man, there's few things more painful than being helpless yeah. towards the one that you love, towards someone you care about so much, but you literally can't 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 do a thing. No. And again, I've I've had that in, in situations before where I would give anything to be able to take the pain away f- from this individual, but I literally can't. Yeah. You know, I've tried a million things and and none of them can work and as as you will be able to contest at points there is nothing that can no. help at points you need to just get through this period and and that's that so that can be yeah that can be an absolutely cr- cr- crushing thing yeah. to to see as I said to see someone that means that much to you and know that with all the will in the world all the hugs all the oh oh they love this particular food or this particular thing yeah. is like I'll do that or yeah. it will remind them of this so it's Sometimes there's, there's nothing not that can be done. And that's... It's not going to cure cancer. You know, yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. It's, 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 100%, 100%. I, 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 I should recommend Matt Haig's book. Have you read Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig? No, I haven't. It's such a good book. He's a brilliant, brilliant writer. He's written a brilliant book called Boy, Boy Called Christmas, which my kids yeah. love. He's a brilliant writer, but he also wrote this book about his um, uh, about depression, about having depression, Reasons to Stay Alive. And it is... Um, I thoroughly recommend it to any. It's right, a lifesaver. Yeah, it's a lifesaver, and it's also really good for for those people around people who've got depression. Because he writes about his girlfriend and his family and how they dealt with it and the yeah. stuff they that they did that worked and the stuff that didn't work. And it's just it's a really it's the best description. And every journey is personal. It's the best description of what it's like to be depressed that I've ever read. Wow, you're reading it going fucking hell. That's how did he? How does he know yeah, that? That's yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, yeah. I, f- I think that's that's. That's the beauty of uh, before we came on air, and I discussed it with with Jeff Lloyd last week. Um, it's the beauty of, of 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 not only discussing things like mental health on Mental Health Day or Mental Health Awareness yeah, Day yeah. is is exactly that, so people can listen and go, "Oh fuck, there's someone else." Yeah, I'm not the only person because it is a very isolating thing in the moment. It feels like you're the only person going yeah, through this, so it's important to go, "Oh man." Number one, other people go through it. And number two, it could be, oh, someone I look up to and someone I respect yeah. and someone I've got Here's the thing. I feel I should say this. For. I feel a bit embarrassed and a bit ashamed now that I've shared all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah, my, no, that's again, my head yeah. doing that. But I feel embarrassed and ashamed that I've said all that you last see, 20 minutes of stuff. It's fascinating because it's the exact same thing that Jeff Lloyd has said last week. And, and, and my thought on that is 
you have read a book by someone who spoke about all mm. that stuff and you were you found it amazing because they articulated in a way you couldn't and 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 all this the reason you will feel embarrassed or feel awkward about it is because you are you mm. if that makes sense people who are, are, are listening to this who aren't you that's the most inspiring and yeah. and, and comforting thing to hear do you yeah. know what i mean jeff was concerned because we talked about a, a, a Limmy as well and when Limmy was on the podcast he spoke amazingly about mental health and it was oh, so good yeah. and Jeff kind of said oh it, I feel I've just mumbled on about this and that and it's like well no what the reason a, a Limmy is so inspiring to you is you're not a Limmy yeah do you know what I mean to Limmy he probably thinks and I've spoken to him before he, he worries that he'll ramble on and it won't go anywhere or help anyone or yeah. it'll just be here's some stuff that happened we have no help or solution and things like that but that's the beauty of it. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm very pleased. But let's let's move on to something else. Limmy, let's move on to Limmy. I, I love Limmy. I was quite late so getting good. into Limmy. I was, was as well because people would talk about him on Twitter, and I he keep popping up. People would retweet him, and I I think was this guy. And I, I saw him Mate, on Netflix. I was scared of him. I was, I was scared, scared of him. him. I was genuinely. I thought scared I thought he was American, right? Because right. he was on my. He kept popping up on my Netflix, and the picture for him on Netflix yeah. made the show look. Yeah, yeah, made it look like a crappy American yep. sketch show, and I thought yeah. this guy. And one day, you know, Netflix is great, but it it makes me lower my standards of what is acceptable entertainment yep. in my house. Yeah, and I'd watched everything I wanted to watch right on yeah. there, and it's Limmy, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to give this guy ten minutes." Yeah, I was totally sucked in the first sketch of season one. Yeah, it's the it's the closest to the psychedelic experience I've ever seen yeah. on a TV show where he comes out of the house and he's, he sort of laughs and then he looks over in horror and there's another Limmy on the other side Just of the pointing street at point, him. and it goes on and on and on and on and there's something a little bit because he directs it as well and it, there's yeah. this kind of charming you mentioned about my show sort of like being in my bedroom yeah there's kind of something like the homemade completely, look about Limmy's show as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not all slick. It feels and like it wouldn't have got through a production meeting. Yeah. It it had to just be made and then him go, look, just just let me make it. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll see, right? If you sat down and said, Here's the opening sequence of the first episode, yeah. it's me pointing at myself. Oh, it's many fucking brilliant. Times. And, it's, and I laughed and I did I did the whole of series one in a space of three days. And I think I did all three series and the Christmas specials and loads of stuff yeah. on YouTube. I did it in two weeks and it's just <laughs> so delicious yeah. and dark. <laughs> and I um, agree. some, I, I love sketch shows where some of the sketches aren't funny. Yeah. I, I like for kids in the hall was, was an example, a Canadian sketch show where some of the sketches just weren't funny, but they were yeah. just, there was so much care and love put I'm, into them. I, I can't think of the song, but my my brother's favourite a Limmy sketch is there's two metalers sat down and they're listening to stuff and then one puts on I think it's a Depeche Mode oh, song oh yeah 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 and then it, it just starts and everyone's <laughs> looking at him he's like what's this and then when it kicks in it's really the ultimate metal riff yeah. really but it's Depeche Mode and they just both go and he gets <laughs> into and he just nods and gets into it and that's it and my brother yeah. was like. That's not a sketch. That's just yeah. him saying, look, seriously, this is actually, yeah. you, you don't, as a metaler, you wouldn't want to put on a Depeche Mode record, but it's amazing. It's all <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's so many sketches. You can quote the, the, the Tina Turners where there's yeah. like a dozen Tina Turners. The one where he's just sat there and he looks up and he sees, um, the lamp, big lamp shading. He goes, well, I wonder what that'd be like on my head. And next thing you know, his girlfriend walks in and he's got it on his head. 
It's, all of it is just I, brilliant. And I've, I've just started, I've got into following him on Twitter. I, I watch him, I now watch him playing Grand Theft Auto yeah, online because yeah. it's just hilarious. He, I, I went to his, his Limmy Live show. Yeah, he did, I he did, go. He did one in London. And the thing that absolutely slayed me there, and I've mentioned it a few times, but obviously the show was slaying me because, as we've just established, we both find him absolutely yeah. hilarious. But the thing that was making me laugh out of place regularly was imagine if someone was here who's <laughs> never heard of him. Yeah. Because, again, it's, the, the show is incredibly bold because it assumes you've all seen every episode of Limmy, yeah. essentially. And everyone there has, and it's brilliant. But there's so much that I'd just feel like, I kind of wish I'd brought someone who wasn't into him just because they wouldn't enjoy it. At, like, there'd be points that they'd enjoy, but they'd mainly be confused at why is him pulling a face, making three, 4,000 people, however many it is at Amazon yeah. Apollo, burst into laughter. And yeah. The genius Love of it. Dee Dee with the um, yeah. Danone, Danone. Mm, Danone. <laughs> Fucking, you know. <laughs> it's just, it's so beautiful. And it, and it yeah. divides people. You know, I've... Um, done that thing where I've, I've, I've seen a sketch and the next day gone into work and gone quick look at this sketch look at this sketch and it's like a four minute sketch and, and 90 seconds it. into it there's silence you're thinking this is going to be an awkward uh... I've had that as well it's why it's great that the first series is now on Netflix I think it's all on Netflix because everyone's now. fucking got Netflix yeah. and it doesn't cost them anything and they all have that point exactly as you had where they're like oh what shall I put on I've got nothing to watch and so there's no risk yeah. I can say just put Limmy on yeah. if you like it it's heaven if you don't Go on to yeah. a, a documentary about and uh, kids uh, he came school. on my show and it was such a thrill because I you know I'm sure you have the same thing. One of the joys for me is I get to invite my heroes on and yeah. quite often they say yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, might yeah, love the great. Beach Boys and um, John Sebastian from Loving Spoonful and Limmy, and he is the most. I don't know what I expect. We make up like these ideas of what we expect people like. He's so polite. Yeah. And afterwards, he sent me uh, an email thanking me for the time and allowing yeah. him to come on and plug his show. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, you know. Yeah, I had ex- exactly the same. And as it's weird because we should know better. Yeah, yeah, of the course. fact is that you were saying earlier how you had this TV persona yeah. of being mean, of being this horrible person or whatever else, and in, in real life you're not. I was, as said, I was genuinely a bit intimidated and worried about Limmy. And then we finally met and chatted for three hours and it was two podcasts. It was like, he's the nicest guy in the world. But yeah. And I don't understand why he's not bigger. (laughs) I don't understand. I know it's because of BBC Scotland and it didn't get shown here. That's exactly what I felt. I felt it's it's one of the craziest situations of, and we've spoken again, praising the BBC and questioning. It's the craziest situation of the BBC going, accents a bit Strong, I don't think people yeah. will get it. Yeah. It's like that, in my opinion, is one of the best things the BBC has ever oh, has ever completely. made. And it just it wasn't screened down here. It was it was only in Scotland and yeah. It's bizarre. It is. We've all all missed out. Um we're over the hour mark, oh. but, but but I want to keep talking Go and on. I want to talk a little bit about <clears throat> a music. Yes. A, gr- a gr- growing up, like were you massively into music? Were you a big well, yeah, I was, but I wasn't into the music, you know, so I'm 43. So in the 80s, I wasn't, I, I was into like really white pop music. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah, into, yeah. I, I remember having a big argument with a mate at school about um, how Jason Donovan was going to be, have a, a much longer career than yeah. Kylie Minogue. And I yeah. went and saw Jason Donovan when I was 15 years old, Amazing. you know. Um Just because I liked it, yeah. you know, and I, I was into the Monkees and the Beach Boys and, there was this group that was bizarrely managed by John Ronson called The Man from Del Monte. And I was into 
when I got into stuff, I got into uh, the Beatles, of course. I got into it massively, but yeah, the, the, the obsessions for me at school were the were, were the sixties, the Beatles, yeah. the Beatles, the Monkeys, the Kinks, and the Beach Boys were the, the ones. Because that's it. It's 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 really it's one of the things I found fascinating is 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 your love of the Monkeys yeah. and your 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 pushing of the Monkeys and yeah and, yeah and, and, and getting to know all of them and working yeah. with them. What? How's that all kind of come about, and what's the kind of story of it? It's just I was just obsessed with them from a kid. Have you released? Some, yeah, we've, some I've got a record label. Yeah. We do. Me and my mate Glenn have got this record label, Seven A Records, and it all started a few years ago because <clears throat> there. I, I'm obsessed with the Monkeys, and I've been yeah. over to the states to see them, and I, I, I genuinely think they're the greatest prefab group of all time. Yeah. You know, I grew up on the TV show. I love all the music. Um, it's brilliant. But because it's a weird one, but because in my head, not being knowledgeable enough, it's yeah. like, oh, it's the guys off a TV. Show. Yeah, yeah. It's, but and it's that's it. But then you realise actually, I know tons of their songs, yeah. so it's not just some guys off a TV show. It's it's legit. But it started as a TV show. You know, they were auditioned and they were all put together, yeah. and then they kind of said, "We want to be a real rock and roll band," and it kicked off, and they got you know, that, and they did, and that. But they had the best songwriters. They had Carol King and Neil yeah. Diamond and. You know, all these amazing songwriters, the best, they had the best musicians playing on their records. So the records are slick, you know, 60s pop that stand the test of time. And, um, Mickey Dolenz, the singer, he re- recorded a load of obscure singles in the 70s of mixed, mixed quality, but they were yeah. all interesting. And I kind of thought, wouldn't it be nice to put these all together on a record? Yeah. And I, I run a couple of Facebook pages for the monkeys, you know. Amazing. And I was just on there kind of charting my, lack of success at getting all this stuff together and I, I found out that all of the songs had been bought up and were owned by Universal and it took me a year to get Universal to admit they own them and right. and I got to this point where I knew they owned them and they were prepared to license them to me and I didn't have a clue what to do next I didn't know how you, you went any further Yeah. and then this guy called Glenn on Facebook kind of stepped out of the shadows and went I've been watching you, you've made really good progress I work for a small record label we wouldn't want to release this, but why don't you and I start up a record label and we'll make an offer to Universal and we'll see what happens. And we did. I love it. And, you know, over a year ago, we brought out this gorgeous blue vinyl album. Oh, wow. Um, and we put we threw everything at it. We're not doing it to make money. We're doing yeah, it to yeah, release yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of records that we would buy. Yeah. And we... Um, we got someone to write... I think we had like 20-page sleeve notes to go with it, a booklet to go with it. We got in touch... Everything's so expensive, and there was one picture we wanted for the cover, and it would have cost us something like fifteen hundred quid, yeah. which we just yeah, couldn't yeah, afford. Yeah. And it was taken by this really famous rock photographer called Henry Diltz. He did the first cover of the Crosby, Stills and Nash album, oh, and wow. the Doors, Morrison Hotel, and all this yeah. stuff. And so I sent him an email explaining what was going on and saying, "We can't afford your picture. Is there any way we could come to a deal?" And he came back. And he went through his vaults and he sent us about 30 pictures that had never been seen before. He said, take your pick of these. And he cut us a crazy deal. It was, you know, it was was like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Um, and we did it and we made it and we pressed this album and it got on, we went, we went on front row on Radio 4 to talk about it. And it, it kind of took off and we sold nearly 2000 copies of this LP. And it's sort of, since then it's kind of funded, you know, it's funded a label and we, we release other monkeys related stuff and all the money we make from. One thing goes straight goes into, into the licensing, yeah. the next one, and it's it's kind of self-perpetuating. And what a joy. Isn't it amazing that we live in a time where that's just, it's possible? That, yeah. That, that you can contact these people and yeah. you can send an email to the photographer and get stuff that 
would never have seen the light of day otherwise. In he, all likelihood, would never have, have got out anywhere ago, because he took them, he's forgotten about them. Oh, he's, they, they, they had to go and get the negatives and blow up the negatives. Yeah. 20 years ago, everything was, um, was if you weren't in that industry, yeah. there was no way of getting in, whether it be radio or TV or, or music or, or publishing or whatever. And now one of the, you know, there are a lot of bad things about the internet, but one of the good things about the internet is that most people you can approach, whether it be Twitter, yeah. whether it be guess, you know, you can guess some people's email addresses. You know where they work. Yeah. You know how that email. You know, you can email anyone in the BBC because the, the address is I, easy I was to work say, out. I, I literally do that to this day. Really? Like when I was starting out, um, I said just trying to find a way into acting. I had a few people I was, I was going to meet and a few contacts I had, but I'd, I looked up a, a load of casting directors and I saw that most of them all have like. A public email address yeah. that isn't going to go anywhere. So I would send the email I wanted to send. I'd look at the particular people who work at this publishing house and just try their name dot. Yeah, and that. And I've had success yeah. like in the last year of doing that. So even that's that great, that it? kind of simplicity of thinking that's this oh when you're starting out type hustle. It's like no, you can continue doing that forever. Yeah. Just going. It's probably that. That's their name. We'll try that. Um, in an office that. That they'll probably just all use first name. Yeah. It's a small office. We'll just put the first name and the at whatever it is. And generally yeah, it works. Actually get through. And generally, you know, I would say about eight times out of ten people reply. Yeah. And if they don't, well, try again, but don't you know, yeah. and if they don't the second time, well then they're probably not interested and that's fine, you know. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll have people t- t- tweet me or Facebook me asking like, how do I get into working at a label or working yeah. at a radio station or something like that? And I'll always kind of be, oh, well, who have you emailed so far? And if the answer's no one, yeah. it's like, well, come back to me in a bit. Like, actually, I mean, it, it was easy to send me a Facebook message. Yeah. It's a fraction more difficult to do a bit of research and Google. Again, I believe that to this day. I'll at least once a month, I'll go through all the the TV shows or films or stuff I'm into yeah. and look at who cast them, who's the producer oh, and really? things like this and just try and, and find them on Twitter or yeah. find them anywhere, even if it's not to send an email, just to go, I'll give them a follow, just to try and initiate be that in that circle. And, yeah. be, and again, it's a fun thing to do as well because you get to go, oh, oh what f- films do I love? Or in a, a very childish way, oh, oh, what would I have loved to have been in? Yeah, Am- yeah. Imagine b- being in that TV show. How great would that be? Who cast that? And again, it's that it's keeping that 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 it work is. ethic, I guess. My suggestion for people that email me about is always just find the, the the radio shows or the TV shows you like. Find out who the producer was, yeah. and send them an email just offering to buy them a coffee. Yeah. You say, look, can I take you out for a coffee and, and pick your yeah. brains? Yeah, because people generally will. If someone sends me an email like that, I get I get flooded now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I generally, I you know, if, I, if I've got the time and I can do it, and, yeah. and they you know they've not been. Uh, been rude in the email yeah. then, which some people can be yeah, yeah, then I'll yeah. go meet for coffee and have a little chat or I'll, if they want a bit of e- email tennis I'll, I'll, yeah. they can pick my brains yeah. of course they can it's great well I'll I'll wrap things up now and, and let you get on your way what's kind of ahead and where can people yeah. keep up to date on uh, on, on all your you stuff at, at Ian Lee yeah. I-A-I-N L-W-S spell it properly I do the yeah. um, talk radio um, weeknights yep. 10 till 1 um, you can get the podcast of that from iTunes or from from anywhere. You know, where I don't know. I use iTunes, but um, your usual podcast provider will have yep. it. 
Um, and check it's it out. It's weird like, on that because people often hit me up and say, like, they'll say as some random podcast provider name and go, it's not on there this week. And they don't realise that it's not us that puts it. Yeah. It's the provider that pulls it in. Like, yeah, so you, yeah, exactly. We all put it on iTunes or whatever and then there's nothing we can do about it. If someone's like, it's, 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 it's cutting off halfway through on this one, it'd be like, all right. Yeah. Try try again, maybe. I'm aware I'm a bit iTunes centric though, and I need to, I need to get a list of other places so I can kind of throw them into the mix. In fact, yeah. I'll do that this week because I, I, I want people to check it out. Um, and if you go to ianlee.com, sometimes I write. I'm I'm trying to get back into writing stuff on Excellent. there and doing bits and pieces. I I would I would recommend, as said, if you can tuning in to the show live because obviously I'm a big fan of podcasts, yeah. but. The nature of most podcasts of a show is it'll be a, in some way stripped down or, sh- yeah, or yeah, shortened or cut down version. And f- f- phone-in-centric radio is one of the few kinds of radio that I feel still has a reason to tune in live. Yeah. And that's not hating on radio in general. I think a lot of radio, it's going the way of on-demand and yeah, you listen yeah. to it when you want. That's the nature of podcasts. I think there's no avoiding that. That's going to be the way. But... There's a few little bits left that, and 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 phoning uh, uh, shows like yours, or, or phoning based shows like yours, are ones that, yeah. There's that excitement of of listening live, yeah, in, while it's happening. It's weird. It's it's. Uh, I have a lot of people who don't understand why, but I stay up regularly to watch mixed martial arts, yeah, and I'll stay up till uh, six a.m. on a Saturday night to watch it, and everyone will say, "Well, why don't you watch it the next day?" So, well, I can record it, but it? it's n- knowing it's happening live yeah, rather yeah. than it's already happened. And it's weird because if I don't know the results the next day, it's still it's a kind different of the, experience. It is a, and it's, it's, it's the same with the radio show. It's knowing that, oh, something, yeah. this is happening now yeah. and something could could go wrong. I mean, you'd still hear it tomorrow in the same way, but there's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There is something about that. I totally agree. The live experience, and yeah. hardly any TV is live these days. Yeah. Even programmes that are supposedly live, they're normally they're recorded a couple of hours before yeah. or there's yeah. a 15-minute yeah. yeah. delay. Completely. I should say you can find Talk Radio because it's difficult to find. Uh, you can go to talkradio.co.uk or you can listen on DAB or you yep. can get a smartphone app. Excellent. That's lovely. Find it. Thank well, you, that's Dan. perfect. And, and have you got any... A release is planned on on the label. We, Are you working on anything? We've got we just just well as we're recording this, it's coming out this week, so it'll be out now. We've got um, Mickey Dolenz, the MGM singles on CD, twenty two tracks. We've filled every minute of that CD with tracks, which I love is a it. joy to do. You yeah. get that on Amazon. I think it's like twelve quid, twelve quid, something like that. Perfect. Um, and there'll be more stuff. Seven A Records dot com if you want to come and have a look. Excellent. Well, thank you thank very you, very much for chatting. It's been an absolute joy. Right? It was lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you. There we go. That was Ian Lee. And that was one of my favourite conversations I've had on this podcast. It was amazingly open um, and amazingly honest. Uh, I'll keep the outro short because um, I rambled on for ages at the beginning. But yeah, tune in. I mean, hopefully we're going to have a special bonus podcast on Sunday. That's going to be a, a UFC 205 discussion and roundup. Then next week, I think it'll be the Distraction Pieces Network end of year special with all of the hosts of the Distraction Pieces Network programs. And then hopefully we'll have Lauren Laverne and Michaela Cole and 
Christmas drunk casts and all sorts of good stuff. So check it all out and um, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Ta-ta.